Hey, what's up? Okay, Jake, can you yes, hear me, sir. brother? All right, let's go ahead and get started. Hello, Warriors. Welcome to a very special edition of your favorite professional wrestling podcast, Talk is War. Thank you for joining us today. Episode number 50. Jake, can you believe it? The big 5-0. Big 50, man. I am really, really excited. Uh, we got a couple of uh, special things planned for this show. We have a few interesting topics that we are going to cover that we have never yeah. covered before. Uh, actually, no. Actually, no. There is one, one that, that we've, we've covered, covered before, but that... The, we haven't heard from Jake and, you know, a lot of our opinions have changed. So we're going to cover it again and we are going to save that for uh second half of this show, of course. But uh Jake, w- let's hear from you first. How I've you been, been doing all right, man. Just hanging in there. Hanging in there. <laughs> yeah, we all are. Well, um, well, Warriors, we have a bit of news to, uh, tell you guys before we get started here uh season four of talk is war will be coming to a beginning very very soon which means we are going to close out season three so next week we are going to have season three finale and this will be friday uh after our recording of ground zero so be sure to tune in for both of those and you know we may be saying goodbye to season three but we can't have season three without our episode 50. So let's go ahead let's pop and get off. started. Uh, let, let's, let's go ahead. Uh, this is, I'm only going to address um, this little bit of news just so we can cut time because we are running on a clock right now. Uh, it has been announced that there's going to be a new United States championship design tonight on Monday Night Raw. I can't wait to see this. How about uh, you, Jake? How do you feel I don't about know. It? Seeing as, uh, how they did with the Intercontinental, I didn't like the white and gold, really, but I can't say that I like Shinsuke's whole mm-hmm. layout of how he had it done. I don't know. I feel like, you know, I feel like I'm on a bandwagon when I say this, but uh, the AEW world title that Mox has right now, I like, I like the design of that one. It's probably one of my favorite belts being ran right now. Um Totally, man. I love that. Belt. I think they should so do something beautiful. like that. I don't know. Maybe keep it like a traditional gold or something, but like a golden flag or something right in the middle. Something cool. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. The twenty-four. Um, not really sure. Yeah, how and the twenty. The twenty-four-seven championship really didn't look that good either. It's green and gold. It's not. They're not really doing too good on the layout. They, they should, they should have, you know, been a little really? more creative with that. But, um, I like the new intercontinental title design i think that was pretty it's definitely cool. better than the old one. but um uh i i'd say it's more of a modern look i don't i don't know if i could say it's better but i feel like the yeah, white and know, gold look more you know. modern i think the new tradi- the, the new intercontinental championship is like more traditional looking i see what you kind of mean because of the circular yeah, shape just a big, in a way just and a, a lot of belts back plate. then like that yeah well, uh, some rumors have been speculating around on what exactly the design of the title could be from being a, a direct replica of the NWA United States Championship or 
the old WCW United States Championship before they bought oh, the they, company. They could be bringing back so, a retro belt. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We're just going to have to wait and see what happens tonight. So be sure to tune in, Warriors. Uh, you know, USA and uh, I, I think that's the only that's the only unless you have the network where all comes on. Unless you have the network, yeah, you can tune in by that. So be sure to tune in wherever you get Monday Night Raw. And uh, I don't really think – yeah, I think that's it on the United States Championship. Let's go ahead and get some fan mail real quick. We have a lot in the inbox here. We're going to read a couple addressed to – actually, we're going to read the ones that are addressed to Jake – uh, a few that uh, include him as a part of the group and uh, from myself. So let's go ahead and get that. Uh, we have some for Hades and Switchblader in the next part of our show. So be sure to tune into that. Uh, Jake, I believe this one may be. Yeah, yeah. This one's for you. This is from Noah J. He has written in to the show before. He says that Jake must have loved the fight pit segment on NXT between Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher. Right? Question mark. What well, honestly, think, uh, I just rewatched it um, about 30 minutes ago, just, you know, to get like a refresher or what have you. But um, I definitely, definitely like the style of that match. All the, the submission attempts and just like gritty, just grappling and, yes. and the slams and that flip that he did off the, the uh, that top scaffolding piece. I think that yeah, the cage. I, it was it was designed a bit. Yeah, long, that that but, was kind of weird know. to have just a platform to walk around on, but um, it was. And I didn't think Kurt would be like standing up on the rafter for like the first half of the match. He he was like just le- the like watching from above. So uh, and then like whenever they started getting more into the match, he like got down. So I thought yeah, that he was had to he had to be careful, or he would have ref with a broken freaking neck. Yeah. Um, but but honestly, yeah. just um, I don't know so... if I I feel like the ending was kind of I don't know he broke him off of the rear naked choke and then he just kind of jumped right back onto his back and did it again but but choked him out that time I don't I don't know if I like the ending but I think the match altogether was was a pretty sweet match just the the way that they were the way that they wrestled and everything was it's pretty entertaining. Oh, I agree. I agree. Uh, definitely something that I would like to see more of in the future. Hope they don't ruin it. But, you know, I, I love the chemistry that Thatcher and Riddle had. I, I love the skill that they have and that they're willing to, you know. Uh, yeah, their styles match well. Such a unique concept. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, thank you, Noah J, for sending in your question to us. And uh, again, uh, if you guys would like to send in your questions to us, uh, feel free. TIWBayBayGmail.com. We, we, like, we like the fan and mail. Jake let's... likes the fan mail. Oh, we all do. All right, our next question. And I'm not really sure who this is for. I'm just going to pick a random one here. Okay, here's one. Uh, this is from Evan H. from Minnesota. Not really sure where in Minnesota. Somewhere. But... Minnesota. Somewhere cold in somewhere. Minnesota. You're somewhere over there. Yes. Okay. Uh, Evan H. He writes, hello, talk is war. I got to say, Alpha Z. Okay, this Okay, this one's for me. I got to say, Alpha Z, you got to be my favorite host. 
I especially loved the Alpha era. And that that's it. That wasn't a question. That was more of a comment. But uh, thank you. Thank you anyway. And Jake, if you're unfamiliar with that, the Alpha era is referred to the time when Talker's War was only being operated by me. Oh, back in the uh, early Switchblader in Hades. Yes, uh, Switchblader in Hades had to step out for a bit. And, uh, you know, I, I, I had to take over. But, you know, I, I did my thing. I, I managed. I had some pretty sweet background music in it, too. So, you know, if you ever find those episodes, you'll, you'll hear some elevator music courtesy of Anchor. Love it. <laughs> that was a funny one. Thank you, Evan, for sending in that beautiful question. And I hope Minnesota, you know, isn't, you know, bad right now. Um, well, what am I saying? Everything's bad right now. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, let's see here. Uh, next question. This is from Phil. No last name. From Ireland. Uh, not sure where in Ireland exactly, but uh, uh, Phil writes, hey, talk is war. I have a question for Jake since he never got to participate in this segment before. Tony Storm, Linda McMahon, Vicky Guerrero, fuck one, marry one, kill one. Oh, boy. Um, see, this segment's always been a little bit dirty for my taste. I don't really like the. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's go ahead and get this out there because, you know, we we made this clear before we do any lewd, you know, segments like this. We don't condone any uh, sexual misconduct. You know, we're we're gentlemen. We we just we like to talk about things that kind of push the envelope. So if this offends anyone, I apologize. But, you know, we're not we're not meaning to offend anyone. And, of course, it's just a game. We don't actually. Okay, so I think I figured out a way to answer this without breaking any of my moral compasses here. Um, Definitely (laughs) kill Vicky Guerrero. Um, I think the (laughs) understandable probably pretty self-explanatory. Don't really just want to say that I, you know, do the do with the. a lovely lady or something, but definitely kill Vicky Guerrero and you guys can probably fill in the other two. All right. All right. All I know right. you know I, what I'm saying. I know that you do. I know it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got you. I got you. I, I, I do. I do kind of see what you're saying. Um, again, we don't actually mean that. Would we actually kill Vicky Guerrero in real life? Well, Hell well, no. well, she's, she's well. Well, <laughs> we she she's an amazing woman. We wouldn't kill yeah. anyone, or uh, we wouldn't the the people we talk about on this. We wouldn't necessarily actually go up and do yeah. these certain things. It's just us. What what am I trying to say here? It's a situational game, you know. Like if you were put in this situation, what would you do? You know, a what would you do thing? That's, that's I put it through a table, one hundred percent. From a lab. Thank you, Phil. Sorry if I Ireland, sorry. Which we have many. I apologize many. if I disappointed anyone with the with my answer. I just that's just got to be the way I answer it. That's just how I am. But it's it's I still kind of answered it. Just left left a little bit to the imagination is all. I I think you did well. Uh, this one is okay. Uh, first. 
first off, before we read this next one, uh, thank you guys for sending in your fan mail. Thank you Absolutely. for making us possible to have 50 episodes. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate all of you. And I noticed that that one was from Ireland as as many of these pieces of fan mail have been. And in fact, I looked at our analytics and 6% of our viewers come from Ireland. And that's a, that's literally a, a like, that that's a pretty big amount. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how many that is, but yeah, keep them lot. coming. Everybody. We love them from oh, everywhere. Wow. Yes. Keep them coming. Okay. Next question. This is from, oh, hang on. Okay, this one's from Jessica from Athens, Ohio. Hey, guys, this is my first time writing to the show, and I just want to say I love what you do. Can you guys tell us any, can you guys tell us any big backyard wrestling bumps you've done? I bet you guys had the most hardcore crackhead ultra energy. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. (laughs) I, uh, you know, I think it goes with a lot of wrestling fans as kids, you know, it's, it's, it's what we do. We go out and we, we fuck yeah, each other up. Yeah, trampolines, pools, grass. Um, I, I, like many wrestling fans, I have honestly too many memories of it to, uh, pick any have, have real you... favorites, but. Let me uh, ask one of... question, Z. What is it? Have you told him ahead, the story about your brother on the trampoline? The ye, uh, the ye old nutshot one. Okay, yeah. all right, all right. Yeah, I will tell that story. There Let me go, tell yes. that story. Okay, uh, but but uh, I've taken some pretty nasty bumps, including uh, curtain rods. Uh, curtain rod shots to the ribs and to the back. A guitar hero, car, uh, guitar hero, guitar slammed on my head, and um, I, I think I went through a makeshift table before, but this one was evil. So <sighs> my brother brings me out on the trampoline one time. I was like six or seven, maybe eight years old. I'm not exactly sure. I was little, so he was, you know, a bit older than me. <laughs> And he got me on the trampoline and he was like, Hey, I want to do a move to you. I'm like, okay. And he's like, lay down. And I'm like, okay, he's probably just going to do a jumping move or a flip, you know? So I get down and he says, put your legs in the air and spread them. And I said, what? And he's like, just do it. Just do it. Okay. So I put my legs in the air and I spread them. And he's like, now close your eyes. Keep in mind, I was not, I I was a very gullible kid, so, yeah. Anyway, did as he said, he gets on the pool ladder, I have my eyes closed, and I don't hear anything, I don't see anything, and I'm just, like, just waiting for something to happen while my dick is out. Not not literally out, he had shorts on. No, 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 yeah, 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 I, 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 my balls were literally like, you know, I had a clear, he had a clear shot. So I opened my eyes to see if, you know, he left or is he, he's about to do something, you know, I opened my eyes. As soon as I opened my eyes, both of his feet 
go straight into the pelvis. And I'm, when I tell you that I, it was the scream of a fucking century. I'm telling you, I swear to God, I I thought I heard sirens in the distance from that scream. (laughs) It was both of my, both of my testicles were destroyed within that story. So, uh, to all of you wondering, yes, my balls are fine. I don't know if anybody was wondering, but you know, I I would I, they were pretty much they they were almost rendered useless that. <laughs> okay, Jake, uh, how about your take? Well, I've uh, you know just like every other wrestling fan, I've uh, taken quite a few. So I've taken curtain rods and got my wrist cut open by a curtain rod once by my brother. We were we're eleven months apart, so we were you know mm. basically twins. We did everything together, and we were younger. We used to watch you know like Jeff and Matt Hardy and Stone Cold, just you know like the the crazy stuff, you know. Uh, and uh, we lived with our grandparents for a, a, a period of time, and in the basement, it was just uh, like a half halfway finished basement. Like they had the the concrete foundation, and then just one layer of carpet underneath of it, short carpet, not shaggy carpet. So if you hit it, it hurt. You know what I mean? So <clears throat> there was a pool table. Um, there was a recliner that we used because Jace could throw it. I couldn't throw it. Uh, but anyway, but, but always for, the, fun. for the wrist shot, we took, uh, I went and I'd put him up on the, the pool table. And he, you know, the, the, the thing was like he was supposed to roll off and get something and hit me with it or, or something like that. So he goes and he uh, picks up a curtain rod. Like the the little white ones that have a little curve at the end that go into the wall, he split it in half, and he went to swing at me. You know, I dodge it and I get one, and then I go to swing at him at the same time he swings at me, and he swings just below my hand and sticks the the curved piece into my wrist, and it stuck like it was a swing, a swing and a half, God. and that thing stuck in my wrist, and he pulled it out, and it was like slow mo. It cut a cookie cutter piece shaped in the end of that curtain rod out of my wrist. And it was in the air. It just looked like a little Ugh. light pink piece of flesh in the air. And we both looked at it. And I was like eight. So, you know, Terrible, I did what every eight year old did. And I cried for my mother. And she went and she wrapped it up. And it was wrapped up for a real long time. And that's probably probably the bloodiest one that I got. The one that scared me the most. And there's been times where. We used to have a two-story house where our window was right above the um, the porch uh, roof, the back porch roof. We had a uh, a trampoline yeah, yeah. at the bottom of it, so we used to throw each other off. And I launched Jace off once, and he missed it. But I mean, who who hasn't done that? Who hasn't jumped on the trampoline and missed it? Oof. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, uh, thank you, Jessica, for sending in. Uh, lovely piece of fan mail. Hope everything is okay where you are. And our next question sent in to us is from Davey. No last name. And he is from Belfast, Ireland. Uh, I hate Vince Russo. He is the worst thing to ever happen to professional wrestling in the Attitude Era. And the WWF was shit. Especially the Brawl for All. The only good thing that he ever did was leave. What do you guys think about Vince hmm. Russo? Uh, well, you know, I'm, I'll go ahead and say it. Uh, yeah, he was kind of a dumbass in 
some aspects, you know, of, of his personality. But, you know, who who isn't? But Vince Russo, I would say that the Brawl for All was definitely the worst idea to ever come of professional wrestling. But it makes for one hell of a story, you know? Like, I, I love the Brawl for All. And you know what? Just we don't really have a lot of time to cover the Brawl for All. So I'm just going to say if you want to learn about the Brawl for All, we'll talk about it more uh, later on in uh, this week's edition of uh, Talk is War. Not this one, but uh, coming Thursday or Friday. So tune into that. We'll talk about the Brawl for All. So uh, honestly, worst idea, but it makes for one hell of a story. So I wouldn't say he's really uh he he made one big dumb move that was shit but he had other tiny dumb moves that was shit in the attitude era but overall the attitude era was one of the most popular eras of wwe and not just wwe but for professional wrestling i mean it was game changing you can't yeah and you can't talk about uh, it's history without talking about the Attitude Era, where you had people like The Rock, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Bret the Hitman Hart, you had uh, Triple H, you had Chris Jericho, so many people that had changed the game within. Well, the, the whole Hart Foundation was so, involved in the first little section of the Attitude or yeah, right? Right, because it began in, um, oh, let's see here. I want to say 1996. Is whenever your attitude, yeah, about that. Yeah, because there was the whole um, American versus Canada, Canada thing that they kind of. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Uh, Ninety six to I believe two thousand two was the period known as the Attitude Era for all of you uh, wrestling trivia buffs. But, um, you know, it, he's just another wrestling. Uh, you know, figure. I wouldn't say he's the worst, but you know, he's done some good things. Uh, Jake, anything to say? Uh, yeah, Russo? I'll try to be quick so we can make time. Uh, I heard that um, that uh, before he went to WCW and all that, there was maybe like a falling out or something between uh, him and Vince, and Vince kind of knew how he was and how he he was terrible with booking, so he kind of sent him to WCW. Because at, at the point at that time they were kind of maybe like a rival or something, and he knew that if he sent him over there, then it yeah, would kind of yeah. crumble it down, and they, and it did. So whether that's true or not, I don't know. I, I know that personally, I don't really like him all that well. I don't know if he does too many great ideas or anything. And the, his match stipulations were strange. Like if uh, Stone Cold didn't beat Owen Hart, then uh, Owen Stone Cold would have to kiss Owen Hart's ass or something. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh my God. I will never forget all the ass kicking angles that they that was did. just that was just odd for me. I don't know if anybody really wanted to see that. Yeah, in the in you know, it wasn't talk about pushing the envelope. The thing was, yeah, yeah. The, but the thing was, the biggest problem about Vince Russo, I believe, was that he wasn't he didn't know wrestling. He knew entertainment. He knew the entertainment aspect of. Of uh, this industry, he didn't know. He didn't the know sport. how to, he didn't know to get the ratings people and like, the views. Yeah, he he didn't know about the men that started this business, like uh, people such as Bruno San Martino or uh, Vern Gagne or um, some of the classic people from uh, the NWA 
Harley Race, you know, Lou Fez, Ric Flair. He didn't know that. He knew, uh, you know, he knew the entertainment value of professional wrestling, which is why I guess he didn't exactly, you know, right. do better. Right. Okay, so thank you, Davey. Very interesting piece of fan mail there. All right, let's let's move away from that. <laughs> uh, this one is from Ryan, no last name, from West Virginia. Woo-hoo! Not sure where, but hello. Hello, Ryan. Hey, guys, I loved Fans Debriefed, and I listen to you guys every day. Thank you. That's very flattering. I also have a question for you. What do you guys think about Brian Cage coming to AEW with Taz as his manager? Do you think he'll be the one to take the belt off of Moxley? Uh, Jake, you want to go ahead Absolutely. and Absolutely. I think that's this? an interesting question. Um, All right, go ahead. I went back and I rewatched Brian Cage's debut. <clears throat> and, um, you know, just, I mean, it was, a, it was a good debut, you know. It's, it probably went how they wanted it to go. I think he did pretty good. He showed out. And they did some of those squash squash matches with him where they just send some random fella in and he beats him up real quick. But then... But then they go and put them, start putting them on the roster and then put putting them against people on the roster. And then they start, you know, Taz is coming out with them, which also I think uh, that was a really good call for a new, a good thing for Taz to be a, a heel, a heel manager. kind of. I think he does yeah, a really good job yeah. of that. Um, but I don't know. The, 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 um, the tension between the two of them seems real. Like it seems like, like it's going to be a crazy, crazy match. I think he, if, if, if anybody, if anybody could possibly do it, it it'd probably be him just because, you know, he's the machine and you, you see what he does. Um, and I'm not yeah. taking anything away from Mox, but uh, definitely a ginormous fella. Um, I just, it depends on if he can get past Mox's style. Honestly, that's how I would answer that. It just depends on how he do against Mox. We haven't really seen it. We've seen them, you know, up in each other's faces and stuff, but never really any altercations that played out any certain ways. So, it's 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 a guessing game, but um, if it, if anybody, I think it'd be Brian Cage. All right, all right, good one, good one. Um, I'll I'll go ahead and keep it short and simple. Uh, I love Brian Cage. I watched him ever since you know he was in the indie scene, and uh, I think it's a great call to have Taz as his manager because you know. Uh, Taz is really good on the mic, and it's good to see that, you know, he's still being active. So, uh, will he be the one to take the title off of Moxley? I couldn't tell you. I don't know. But do I think it's going to happen? It seems fitting, but it seems a little too soon. I feel like they'd want to, you know, keep the belt on Mox a little longer. Maybe outlast Jericho's reign. I, I don't know, but... I feel like that's what they yeah, want to do. I feel as though they kind but... of gave the belt to Mox quick. You know, how, how long was he in AEW before he had the belt? Or was it at least in the picture? Oh, he was, I mean, he was, he wasn't really in the top card picture for his, the middle of his tenure. And, but, you know, people knew he was going to win the championship. People knew that Mox was going to be big whenever as soon as they saw him in AEW. You yeah, know? It's, so, it's just how – That's kind of like it's how thing. AEW books things. It's kind of – I don't know if they tell a whole lot of stories because now just Brian Cage out of nowhere is in the picture. Not really out of nowhere, but 
wasn't really expecting it to be him that challenged for the belt or every, and everything, but whatever, you know. Well, that's because he won the uh, – it's because he won the uh, – he was like a surprise entrant. The ladder match. The, uh, the uh, ladder match, yeah. So that – yeah, I guess, I guess you're right. It, it, him thrown into the mix. Yeah, I mean, who who thought you know, that he would have been a – he would have just jumped in the match that whoever wins gets to face the, the champ. How's that? You know what I mean? It just kind of out yeah. of nowhere. Well, um, thank you for sending that Appreciate in to it. us, Ryan. Yeah, I hope everything is well where you are. Uh, we are going to go ahead and just read one more, and you know, then we'll uh, move on to our two topics. This one's from the original Jabberinsky, who has written into this show many times before. And he's from the internet. Of course you are. Hey again, guys. You've talked very briefly about NXT UK. Can you guys further elaborate your thoughts on it? Oh, totally. For sure. Um, you know, I, I, I like that they're putting a lot more of the uh, free matches on YouTube now so I can enjoy NXT UK. And they have it on the network, too. So I enjoy it there as well. But... Um, you know, uh, it's one of the most slept-on brands of today. I don't really hear a lot of people talking about it, but I feel like they should have more recognition, especially on TV. I'd, I'd love to, you know, see them at least get an angle in. Um, some favorite people include uh, Walter, love that guy, Tyler Bay, Pete Dunne, uh, Trent Seven. Um, I like Wolfgang, too. I like what he's doing. And um, I think that is – oh, Noam Dar. I love that guy. The, the Scottish supernova. Love Noam Dar. And Ilza Dragunov. That is all my favorites from NXT UK for all of you, for all of you listening. So, love NXT UK. Jake, what um, about you? I don't really follow NXT UK much anymore, but I definitely uh, – that first tournament, that first NXT UK tournament they did was really good. That was good. We watched that together. Actually. Yeah, we did. We were at your house for that. Um, yeah, and you and you uh, you loved uh, the Tyler driver. Yeah, Tyler Bate. Tyler Bate. So Tyler much. Bates my, <laughs> my favorite one you, off you, the NXT UK. I like Wolfgang too. I think he's a badass. Uh, I don't know. I, yeah, I do think yeah, that they definitely. should get more. Uh, they should maybe. Uh, well, okay. Last person that went to the main roster from NXT UK, maybe was it Noem Dar? The, and then he had that weird angle with uh, Alicia Fox. That kind of that kind of ruined him for me. You know, it was that. Yeah, but that was that was actually before then. Like it was before he was in NXT UK because he was in Two Hundred Five Live. So that one really doesn't count. Maybe I, I counted him out before though, he got there. Then, but that I didn't really like him from that that angle that they had. Yeah, yeah, but. You know, maybe maybe we'll see more of them come on shows more. Uh, I know we cannot expect Walter because he has described how he will never in a million years move to America, which honestly by this point is completely yeah. understandable. <laughs> oh God! Uh, so that, that's is that all you have to say about NXT? Yeah, well, I, mean, just, I guess to answer the question, I, I like it. I like the the whole premise of it, um, and I think the tournament was probably the best thing that they. So far, my favorite thing that they done was that very first tournament. But yeah, okay. I won't knock All it. Right. It's, it's its own thing. Uh, 
and I'm sure we can expect many good things from them in the future. Thank you guys for sending in your Thank emails you. to us. And let's go ahead and we're going to read uh, other the other uh, the rest of the emails for uh, Hades and Switchblader on the next part of the show. So don't go anywhere. And now we are going to do our two topics reveal of today. Today is our 50th episode special. So we are going to make these topics special. Now, we mentioned before that we talked about one of these before. And that was the season one finale of this podcast. We talked about wrestling conspiracy. A very fun, very fun topic. Uh, Jake, uh, I'm, I'm sure you have, you know, done your homework for this. So I do. I do have one good. You one. know, we're, I do have a good one. We, we're going to get down and dirty with it. So, yeah. And uh, we also have our second topic of today which is inspirational professional wrestlers. So we're talking about something a little more meaningful. And, you know, we're, we're going to get some insight from the other guys, see what they think. And, well, Jake, what do you think is a good wrestling conspiracy theory? Um, I definitely think I heard, anyway, I guess, this conspiracy theory that Brock Lesnar wasn't supposed to uh, end the streak of Undertaker. I heard I heard really that during the match, it wasn't supposed to go that way, but there's speculation because the 21 and 1 graphic was already up, but somebody could have been behind the scenes working with that. Um, I heard that the Undertaker, well, it's, it's, it's factual that the Undertaker took a head, a head shot uh, at some point, and after the match, he had went to the doctor or the hospital or whatever. Um, and people are, people are yeah, people are yeah, saying right. that yeah. when he took that, that head bump, it put him out for a little bit. And Brock Lesnar was just kind of like, you know, screw it. And he went and pinned him. And that's why the, the look on Paul yeah. Heyman's face. I mean, yeah, he could have been faking it, but it looked kind of legit. Like, no, he didn't. Uh, Honestly, I, I do. I do see what you're saying. And I do kind of I do kind of see the I did notice the head. Uh, the uh, head injury that he sustained. I don't know whether it was a concussion. Or, I heard concussion. Uh, you know, or, or if he was, or if he was just rocked. I don't. I, it might have been a concussion, most likely. But, um, you know, that that is a very, very strong possibility that it could have very well have been planned to go down a certain way, and or maybe Brock maybe, was just trying to work it, Mickey. Maybe. The match was supposed to go on a little longer, but Brock noticed Undertaker was incapacitated, so he was like, maybe he can't finish. I'll go ahead and pin him. But who's to say that he was supposed to? You know what I mean? Maybe he did to save the show, or maybe he was supposed to. But I don't really think that Brock right. Lesnar should have been the one to do it. And I, I've never heard anybody, you know, say that, oh, I think Brock Lesnar's going to be the one to do it until he did it. So, An interesting topic. Um, very interesting theory, Jake. And uh, if you guys have any supporting evidence of Jake's claim here, please, uh, you know, send it to prove us. Prove me wrong. And, you know, maybe we'll talk about it more. Or, or you can prove him wrong or that, you know. We'd, we'd definitely love to hear from Absolutely. you guys. Oh, oh, and I do want to say this. Undertaker was um, – he also said in the interview that he didn't want Lesnar to 
end his streak right. before. He wanted um he said he wanted Edge to do it. I would have been down for that. Edge is one of my is actually I'm gonna go ahead and say Edge is my favorite WWE superstar. Ball. Yeah, yeah, you've said that. Uh that definitely would have been okay with me. Yeah, totally. I think so. Uh, I'd be okay with it. Um just recently I've been watching Dark Side of the Ring, uh learning about uh the Von Erics more. But one episode that I had to watch again and again and again because it was the most interesting of uh, any mystery I've heard before in wrestling, and that is the murder of Bruiser Brody. Whoa. And yes, uh, if you guys are unfamiliar with this, Bruiser Brody was a, uh, a wrestler who was more popular in Puerto Rico and Japan, but he, he wrestled for the WWE back then. Well, F at the time. So long story short, he was working this, uh, he was supposed to do a match with this guy named Jose Gonzalez, also known as Invader. And um, this happened in Puerto Rico in 1988. Uh, there was an altercation in the locker room where Jose Gonzalez stabbed Brody twice and, it's unsure what exactly happened uh, between the two that caused this altercation. There's hundreds of stories everywhere, but um, that caused, well, uh, of course, Bruiser Brody died that day, uh, sadly. And um, the weak justice system in Puerto Rico uh, led to Gonzalez being taken to court uh, very, very late within the murder. So, um, again, very weak justice system in Puerto Rico. I'm not really sure how it is now, but back in the eighties, it was, I don't believe it's shit, much better now. What I'm ah, but anyway, um, Gonzalez was taken to court and he claimed self-defense, but here's the thing. No one was at the trial on behalf of Brody and the prosecution witnesses living outside of Puerto Rico didn't even show up. Because they said that they didn't receive their summons until after the trial ended. Hmm. So, I think this is is somehow a big cover-up, you know? And if you don't believe me, throughout the 1970s, Bruiser Brody and Gonzalez had many matches together where they were fucking, like, murdering each other. And uh, I think Gons even said one day after uh, a match, uh, he said, one day I'm going to kill that man or something like that. I, I heard someone say they heard it. That's say compelling. That, but, I mean, I, I believe it if he actually did it. Um, and uh, Dutch Mantel, uh, also known as Zeb Coulter, uh, issued, well, was issued a subpoena on January 3rd, 1989. But according to the post date, it wasn't mailed until the 13th. So that means it had to laid on somebody's desk for 10 days. And the trial was on the 23rd. So, you know, not a lot of stuff about the case really makes sense. So I think it was most definitely a cover-up. Oh, and uh, what happened to Gonzalez? He was acquitted. He was acquitted. And uh, someone, he didn't even spend a single hour in a jail cell. Wow. So. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, get, if you guys want to do a little more research on it, strongly I encourage will. you to do it. You could really learn a lot. You could really learn a lot. 
And um, yeah, uh, last time I talked about, you know, Ben Wall and how I had the theory that maybe he was murdered. But, um, you know, I, I kind of shied away from that because I had more evidence. And, you know, it's just I'm surprised theory, you didn't so. go with Montreal. No, uh, it's too touchy, you know, and I wasn't even there. So I, I can't really. I mean, I wasn't yeah, you there, there for back the... the murder of Bruce yeah. Brody either. But, you know, I, I, I just can't really speak on it if, you know, it, it's been, you know, uh, been. I'm not, I can't really think of the word here, but. If, if. Okay, so. Oh, go ahead. Okay, I'll oh, go. Go ahead. I'll go. I'll go. No, 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 go ahead. Joe. Um, it's nothing. It's just real quick. If you guys are um, like interested in Montreal and everything, and want like new perspectives to look at, watch. Um, I can't remember who posted it, but if you just look up the Montreal screw job on YouTube and you scroll over maybe two or three, it's Undertaker talking about um, his uh, his experience with it because he was you know he was backstage as soon as it happened and he watched Bret Hart punch Vince McMahon. I think you guys should watch that one if you're interested in that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Um, I can't really think of the word I was trying to say or what I was trying to say about the Montreal screw job, but I think, I think that one's a little too covered. Yeah. Honestly, I think that's a, that's a better word for it, but you know, maybe we'll talk about it later in, in the future. Who knows? So, uh, very good to hear your insight, Jake. And now we got to know who has been an amazing, inspirational, professional wrestler. I would have to say. Now, Ed's might be my favorite, but uh, inspiration, probably. We're talking inspiration and the fact of, like, who made me want to be a pro wrestler. Oh, no, no, just inspiration in general. Like, who, you know, inspired you to do anything, like, probably positive. Probably the Hardy Boys. Yeah, oh, um, really? I was watching a documentary on the two of them. Um, and you know, they're from the Carolinas and they just had like this small little house trampoline in the back and they used to do it, you know, how I did it. Um, and I didn't know it back then, but I guess everybody starts off at really kind of the same rudimentary area, but, um, and you know, and then they just kept yeah. going and yeah. kept going and doing their own thing and staying true to themselves. And then now everybody knows who the Hardy boys are. Yeah. Just, it doesn't matter what like you came from, if you can work with it. Because honestly, technically, just life in itself is what you make of it. So take that as you will. Absolutely. 100%, brother. Absolutely. Well, uh, Jake, that that was uh, very well said. Thank you. Very well thought out. And uh, we are actually running – we are running out of time, actually. So, Jake, is it cool if I – uh, give my thoughts on the inspirational pro wrestler in our next one, or uh, not our next one, but the next part of this this show. Yeah, that's fine. My phone's on two percent anyway, so I probably wouldn't have made it till the end. Oh God. Okay. Well, uh, thank you, Warriors, for uh, tuning in. Uh, you know, to this the first part of number fifty. Uh, Jake, anything else you want to say before we sign uh, off? Just keep the fan mail coming. It, it's what it what keeps our brains moving, and we know. We know based on what you guys ask, what you want to hear. So, um, you know, for for the content, yes, yes. you know, guys, keep it coming, keep it coming. Ask the questions. Yes. So, 
thank you no for problem. joining us, Jake. And uh, we are not signing off uh, just yet. Well, I'm signing off. Or, yeah, I'm uh, out Jake of here. is signing off. But I will be in part two with Switchblader and Haiti. So be sure to tune in. Number 50 is going to roll on. We're going to go to a commercial break. So be sure to listen to our advertisement. Maybe something important. Who knows? Who knows? So uh, going to take a little commercial break. When we come back, Switchblader and Hades for part two. Don't go anywhere, Warriors. Okay, I can see Hades is connected and Switchblader is too. Okay, guys, you ready? I'm ready. All right. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to our 50th episode special here on Talk is War with your hosts, Alpha Z, Switchblader, and Hades. Thank you guys for joining us for part two of our 50th episode special. And yes, you heard that right. With us is the Dark One, Hades, and of course, the great Switchblader himself. Guys, how you doing today? Doing good. It's hard to believe we we hit 50. It's oh, amazing. Yeah. Switchblader, what about you, brother? Uh, I mean, we stayed on this path for so long, and we kept the train going, and I'm just excited to know that we've reached this far, and we're still going with it. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, and I addressed uh, this earlier for um, for uh, season four. Season four is coming very soon, everyone. And that means season three is coming to an end. So this week we will be having our season three finale on Friday after Ground Zero. So be sure to tune in to both of those. We will also have a show. Uh, I believe it will be... Saturday? I'm not exactly sure, but we'll we'll put some announcements out, and uh, you know, 50 down, 100,000 million more to go, so we're not going anywhere. Let's go ahead and get some fan mail. Uh, save some for you guys. Sweet. And, uh, and okay, okay, yeah, yeah, this is right. Okay, let's go ahead and get one real quick. Uh, this is, oh God, this is from Clay from Shell City again. Again? Yes, this guy. I love this guy. I don't, he he gets a free pass. Uh, okay, this one is for Hades. Oh, okay. Hades is known as the Dark One. Is there a reason why you have that moniker? <laughs> uh, he okay. He's asking about why you're called the Dark One, not exactly why uh, you're called Hades. So I was gonna say we've answered the Hades question. Um, yeah. Well, I'm I'm not gonna air out all my dirty laundry on here, but uh, <laughs> Z and Switchblader both know my past fairly well, and uh, I believe I believe you. Z were the first one to actually call me the Dark One on here. Was I? Yeah. Hmm. Well, it, you know, you, you just, uh, if, you know, if, um, Clay, if you haven't heard, you know, uh, Hades on the show, he, you know, he's, uh, gritty. He's dark, you know, I mean, he loves ECW and CZW. He's just a dark, gritty guy, you know, that's, all right, I guess I should have answered that question. I was going to say, you're the yeah, one who started right. calling. I think it was season two 
It, it might have been. I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but I, I completely forgot I came up with that one. Yeah, you were the one that started it. Mm. All right. Well, uh, there you are, Clay. And uh, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you uh, for, you know, sending in some questions. Be sure to send in more. We'll, we'll keep reading them. This next one is from Sergey. No last name. I hope I said that name right. And you are from Sweden. Uh, Not exactly sure where, but Sweden. Hello, Talk is War. I love what you guys do. My question is for Switch later. There was an episode where you mentioned Dalton Castle. Do you think he'll end up in AEW? I think it makes sense since a lot of people from PWG and Ring of Honor are ending up there. But what do you think? Um, like, I could see his, like, the potential of him going there, like, like, it, it would be interesting to him, interesting for him to go there for what he's accomplished so far in Ring of Honor, but also, like, sky's the limit, pretty much. I mean, everybody has an opportunity to go somewhere and try to, you know, do different things, and if if he gets the chance to go there, uh, go for it. All right. All right. Uh, thank you, Sergey. Very well said, Switchblader, I might add. Very inspirational. And that is a hint for things to come. Uh, this one is from Talia Friedman. And I don't know if that is her real name or if that is a username because it's together. Uh, but they have requested their location to be undisclosed. So Talia Friedman writes, who do you guys think had the most underrated championship reign of all time? Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and throw my hat in here. Um, with the underrated championships, uh, one of them that I feel like a lot of people didn't recognize the way they should have would probably have to be Rusev's United States title reign. Uh, he held it for a very long time until John Cena t- uh, took it off of him at WrestleMania 31. But uh, his initial reign was very strong. He was he was pushed, but he was like, um, yeah, yeah, a lot of people want to say he had a gimmick from the 80s because he was Russian, and it wasn't really his ethnicity which is kind of wrong if you think about it but you know it was it was a strong reign I I I really liked it and I loved seeing Rusev as a strong heel it was very good that way Uh, speaking of the United States Championship uh, guys did you hear about the uh, new design that's supposed to take place tonight for the United States Championship I think so I heard about it I cannot wait to see what it looks like, but um, yeah, that's happening. We're supposed to be getting a new, fresh United States Championship belt tonight on Monday Night Raw, and in uh, you know it, it hasn't been done since you know uh, they bought WCW. So can't wait to see that. Uh, Switchblader, Hades, uh, who do you think is the most underrated champion of all time, or uh, or sorry, has the most underrated championship reign? I'm going to have to go with Kofi. Amazing. 
amazing ones. I'm going to have to go with Kofi's WWE Championship. Or no. Yeah. 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 That, that was it. Kofi's was it. WWE Championship. Because, one, it was short-lived. Very, very short. Very short lived, and I feel like they put they did it just to pull the race card. Oh, Kofi's the the black man won it. It was very short lived. It was only hyped because it was Kofi that won it. So I think it was very unappre- underappreciated. In my opinion. I agree with that right there, actually, because, I mean, really, he he had a good run of matches with that title, and then, you know, they just throw Brock into there, because I know what they're getting at right there, Brock keeps up, he brings the money in, so, yeah, I, I agree with Hades on that one right there, actually. Z, you still there? There was technical difficulties in this part of the episode, so sorry for the inconvenience. Okay, sorry about that. Sorry about that. Um, don't know what the fuck just happened. There he is. It's going to happen again. Uh, okay. Don't know what the fuck just happened, but that was... Ugh. Okay, so, Hades, uh, is that all you had to say about, you know, Kofi, you know, it being a short reign and everything? Yeah, that's all I had to say. Okay, okay. Switchblader, uh, how about you? Uh, who had the most underrated championship ring? Uh, I want to say for this one, I would want to go with the Revival's tag team championship ring they had on Raw. There, oh. it, it really was, for a most part of it, really underrated because they pretty much went into a rivalry with the Usos at that point that just, you know, we've seen that happen before. And with that, you know, pretty much nothing changed. Even though, yeah, they tried to change the storyline a little bit between them to renew the rivalry, it still just it wasn't really good for it. And they lost the titles to the Usos later on. At- yeah, yeah. I mean, clearly they were unhappy for, you know, for that stint. So I do see what you mean. All right. Uh Thank you again, Talia Friedman, sending in a lovely piece of fan mail for us. And our next next question comes from Josh, no last name, from Dudleyville. Hey, guys, thank you for not being obnoxious marks and acting like pro wrestling news reporters. You guys talk about what goes on. Give a little personal thought and elaborate what's happening to the best of your knowledge. Good job. 
Uh, thank you, Josh. Means a lot. Thank you. Yeah, and you know we're we're not obnoxious marks because we're not obnoxious marks. So okay, um, I got one more for you guys, and uh, we actually read this one before, but you know we're we're we'll um get your guys's insight on it. Uh, this one's from Ryan. No last name from West Virginia. And he said, hey, guys, I loved fans debriefed and I listen to you guys every day. I also have a question for you. What do you guys think about Brian Cage coming to AEW with Taz as his manager? Do you think he'll be the one to take the belt off of Moxley? (laughs) Uh, That one's kind of tough because of the fact that Moxley just got on this ring as a champion. Mm-hmm. So far, he's had like what three or four defenses with it. About, I'd, I'd say three or four. And I just think it would be too soon for, like, we know who Brian Cage is. He's a former, you know, champion in, in just about every promotion he's been in, and yeah, he yeah. is a good. He is a wrecking for a wrecking force. You know, oh, totally, yeah. He's a mean motherfucker, and you know, I was I was telling Jake exactly what you just said. By the way, that that, you know, I I feel like Mox's reign kind of just began. You know, like I I feel like they should, or I feel like they want to, you know, have it a little more, have it a little longer. Uh, Hades, what about you, brother? Okay, so my insight. One Moxley's reign has been too short for them to give for them to him to give up the belt yet. But if it was Brian Cage by himself, I think Moxley would have that belt a whole lot longer. But considering Taz is going on as his manager, I think that match is going to happen with in a couple months. Oh, totally, totally. And you know he's he's the next one up, you know. So I can definitely see them putting on a no holds barred type of match. Um, so you know I can't wait to see what happens with that. And uh, do you guys think that he'll be the one to? Um, or sorry, sorry, sorry. Do you think that Taz is the ideal manager for for Cage? What do you you know? I think Taz is gonna be a scrappy, scrappier manager on Cage's behalf. I think Taz right. is gonna push for those matches a whole lot. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, Taz was in ECW, you know, so I, I wouldn't. That I would. That's why I think Taz is gonna do what he's gonna do. Total uh, switchblader. Uh, anything else you want to add in? Um, I do think like Taz is the perfect manager for someone like Cage because he can, he's been in the business, you know, for so long. So he knows a lot of things that he can use to give Cage, hopefully an advantage in nearly any situation he gets into. If the be dire. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you mean. Okay. So, uh, that is it for fan mail.
And uh, again, guys, we encourage you to send in any piece of fan mail. But um, th- there is something I want to say. Please, please stop sending in political stuff. We, that's that's not that's not what we do. Uh, we're never going to do politics. We're that's not us. So please no. stop sending in your emails about you know politics, all that. Uh, this is a wrestling podcast. We are not politicians. So, no. If it goes into if it goes into Vince McMahon politics, we'll answer those questions. Oh yeah, yeah. Pro wrestling politics. Yeah, we we'll, we accept that. We gladly accept that. But uh, for the country that we preside in, no. I just stop, please. Okay, guys. Um, our two topics of today are very special for uh, number fifty. We're going to talk about some pro wrestling conspiracy theories. Um, I mentioned mine on uh, the last part of the show, so you guys can uh, go ahead and uh, state your guys's if you would like to. Uh, any of you want to go first? I'll take the reins on this one. All right, Cause, go ahead. Because I have two, because they're both kind of short. Okay. Um, so my first one, I'm going to go back to the very first time we did this. And I'm going to go with the Hornswoggle being Vince McMahon's illegitimate son. Well, wait a minute. What what about what about it though? Like Just this Wait, hang on. Do you, do you have a theory for how McMahon had, you know, the affair with whoever Hornswoggle's mom was, or? Oh, no. It's not a full affair. That wasn't, it was a story arc that they tried to pull to where Vince McMahon adopted Hornswoggle, and then it was found out later that Hornswoggle was Vince McMahon's illegitimate son of some whore. Right, right, yeah, and, and then they tried to flip that around and say Finley was his dad. And all that. Yeah, seriously, you can't just you can't no 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 you can't just bore us, you know. You can't just say, "Oh, you are not the father," and then you know, "Oh God, oh God, he's not the father, he's not the father," you know, like come on. Okay, well, well, what what exactly did your uh, did you have did you have anything else to? You know, elaborate on it? Or? No, not with that one. I The oh, one okay. I have to elaborate on is actually pretty interesting. Okay. So, who anybody who's been a fan of Japanese wrestling for a long time would know that there was a wrestler called the Giant Machine. He was a tag team wrestler. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I've heard of that before. It, there's a theory out there that Andre the Giant was the giant machine in disguise. What? Yeah. I mean... Mind I, you, I, mind I, you, the giant machine came around close to three years after Andre's supposed death. Oh, my God. You're saying that... You think? Well, hang on, hang on. You think Andre the Giant faked his death and became the mach- uh, the giant machine in Japan? Possibly. I don't think this. 
This is just uh, I was looking for. I wanted to do an Andre the Giant it's... conspiracy theory because there was another one I was looking at, but I wasn't a huge fan of it. So I, you know, I've heard I've heard several, but that that's a pretty interesting. And one. I found I'll, this I'll... one, and apparently one of the promoters and his tag team partner, who didn't know the Giant Machine's actual identity, both looked back at Andre the Giant, and the Giant Machine carried the same move set and the same demeanor. And same size and body shape as Andre. That is a very interesting topic. I will definitely have to uh, do my homework on that. But um, wow, I've, I've heard many Andre the Giant theories and stories. But that 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 takes the cake. I gotta say. Okay, very interesting. Good to hear from the Dark One, Hades, and uh, Switchblader. What about you, brother? Any? Interesting, zany conspiracy theories. Uh, I got one. This, I think, happened. Y'all remember the WrestleMania where it was Bret Hart facing off against Yokozuna for the WWE? Yeah, yeah, yes. That was WrestleMania nine. Yeah, it's it's one of the older ones. Yeah. Okay, you know how Hulk Hogan came out with a shiner around his left eye. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, 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 that nasty, nasty black eye, yeah. Well, some say this is a theory, a conspiracy theory, that Savage was the one that gave him that black eye. Oh, Savage. shit. Now, I, I've, I've heard it was several people, but I don't think I heard one being Randy Savage. I, I, I think one I heard was Bret Hart. And um, there was another I heard. It was um, what's his name? Uh, Sheik Iron Sheik. There were some people that did go around talking about the theory that it was. I think a few people of See, Ted DiBiase, Ted DiBiase, and a few people were the ones who were in the cause of this. And See, then... the two I heard was Vince McMahon and his girlfriend, Hulk's girlfriend. Whoa. From that. Oh, man. So maybe it was, man, an affair one, too? Man, this is, you know, maybe we'll never know who really gave Hogan that black eye that night. But uh, would you like to further elaborate on it, uh, Switchblader, on why you think it was Randy Savage? Um, the reason they want to say he was the one that did it was because of the fact that, you know, the storyline that he was in with Hogan. Right, right, with uh, Elizabeth. Well, some believe that behind the scenes of it, there was an actual reason of why Savage hated Hogan behind the scenes. It wouldn't surprise me if that was somehow a reality, honestly, but that's an interesting topic, very. Um, I, Man, I still don't I don't really have any guesses for who it could have been, but you know, maybe it's gonna you know get resurfaced one year and someone will finally come out about it. Who knows? Oh, fine. But uh, who do you guys who do who do you guys think did that? And who do you guys 
think was uh, behind the murder of Bruiser Brody or any of these other wild wrestling conspiracy theories, please let us know here at Talk is War. And our next topic is going to be something uh, a little more personal, a little more compassionate, and a little more inspirational. I'm sorry. I to get a little Why did you got to say it so slow? I'm sorry. But anyway, we uh, there's been many wrestling figures out there that have inspired us all in some sort of beautiful way. And we're going to tell you ours. Please tell us yours. And I'll go ahead and go first. Mike Nellis is got to be the most inspirational. I, I, I feel like that is is someone like moving? Do you hear that? Never mind. Yeah. Okay. That was weird. I, I think I think it was one of y'all moving around or something. I don't know. But um anyway, Mike Canellis. Uh he's he's taught me a lot about how uh to overcome how to see the world in a more positive and more thoughtful way, you know? And, you know, I, I used to think that, you know, he was just one of those, you know, do-gooders that was just doing it, you know, for the glory and all that. But he is actually trying to help, you know? He's, yeah. he's trying to get deep down and give you a – I'm trying to think here. I'm trying to describe what, what it, how it felt. Uh, an empowering uh, reign of positivity. And it, it, honestly, sometimes it doesn't really help a lot of people to think optimistically. But I like it. It's, it, it's fun. It's better than thinking everything in the world is shit. So, Mike Canellis, if you're listening, which I'm pretty sure you're not, but if you're listening, you are an inspiration to millions, including myself. So, thank you. Yeah, I got and, one. And uh, you guys have anything to say? Inspirational pro wrestlers? So, the most inspirational wrestler to me, and right, possibly ladies, wrestlers, because I feel like a few people have done this, but the one that comes to mind the most is Paige. Paige showed us that anybody from anywhere... From the bottom of the piss pot nowhere could get recognized for their talent and rise to the top. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Um, Actually, Dwayne Johnson for the exact same reason. Do you want to elaborate more on Paige? I'm Amazing one. Amazing pick. Uh, No, that Um, I just want to tell people that if you focus on the wrestlers that have come from nothing, and you work, put your work in, you guys can come from nothing too. Oh, and definitely anyone, anyone, and uh, 
I, I get why you didn't really give an explanation for The Rock, because, I mean, it's self-explanatory. I mean, he's just a hell of a guy, so. Um, Switchblader, who has been a very, very intelligent guest on this podcast. You have had to have had inspiration somewhere down in you, brother. I guess it would be has it. the man that just retired just recently. Oh, yeah. hell. Because looking back at a career such as his and to see what he has been able to accomplish through so many years and to do so many things at the age he is now from when he started back in what it was the 1996 about um Whenever he started out as The Undertaker, I believe that was like 95 or 96. But um, if you're going yeah. by a cumulative, whenever he was like Mean Mark Calloway and all that, I or Mean Mark Callis or something like that, I forget which one. But um, I believe that was 1985 so or six, maybe. I'm not exactly sure. I get, go ahead. Has been able to adapt and change throughout the years and to know that us as the fans, no matter what, even if he showed up one night a year like Santa Claus or 365 days a year, you knew that when you saw that man walk down that ramp, just something connected there. And you just would ooh and ah and just somehow feel inspired as a fan to know that you've seen this person for so many years and to know he's done it for three decades. Three decades. Quick question, because I'm curious. A, a true legend. Who else choked up when that, on that uh, night? Oh, go ahead. Because I was borderline in tears. Oh, Oh, definitely. I mean, I I I shed a few. I had to because you know, a childhood hero, or well, I wouldn't say he's like a hero, but y- you know what? Yeah, yeah, he is. You know, because even though yeah, he was a darker character, but he was still fucking amazing. So, uh, Switchblader, very very good pick, and. uh well, you guys heard it here. Those are the people that have inspired us. And hopefully soon down the line, we can do the same for you. So um, we're going to go ahead and end the podcast here. Episode 50 has definitely been an amazing episode. We have much more to come. So do not think that this is goodbye in any sort of way because it is not. Because we will be back because we are going to be here Thursday for Ground Zero. We're going to be here for Friday for our Season 3 finale, so do not miss it. And it's been Episode 50, but 100,000 million more left to be made. We're going we're gonna to do it all. So do not think that number 50 is just some kind of fucking send-off of any sort. We are going to be back, and we are going to be better than ever. Just anything else to say, guys? For you know, being
being with us for over 50 episodes and, you know, still listening to us and just, you know, giving us the opportunity to get our voices heard out to you fans of wrestling and just the thing that it is that we all love. Yes, thank you guys very much. And keep them coming. Keep all the support coming because uh, you fuel the fire. So thank I just want to thank, thank you, you guys. And uh, when we first started else? this, I didn't think we would actually hit 50. I thought this was just going to be a small thing that we started in college. Um, ne- never, ever thought that we would have international yeah. viewers. Never yeah, thought definitely. we'd get fan mail. And you've written, and you've ridden with us all the way to fifty. Ride with us till we put this it's thing in the ground, thing. y'all. Just wait. Thank you guys and for hey, today. From Alpha Z. We will be back. So do not, do not, do not sleep on us. We will be back. And Thursday, uh, like we just mentioned, is Ground Zero, so be sure to tune in. Season 3 is coming into an end on Friday. Thank you guys.